is Dawn Schuler, certified trainer and business consultant at the Schuler Group with the People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. When you became a manager, did you get special training to be a manager? Did your company send you off to a management training program? Did they hire a coach for you? Did they put you in a group coaching program, a leadership program? Some organizations do that, and those who do should be applauded. Because what they've realized is that it's more than just the skills of a particular industry, say technology or sales or contract and grant writing, that makes someone a good manager. It's actually usually far different skill set than those hard skills. See, what happens is in an organization, somebody performs very well in their particular role, either as a programmer or a salesperson or a grant writer or a copywriter or an ad graphics person. And so because they're doing so well, what's the next step up in the corporate ladder in that organization? Well, it's management. So now the star programmer or the star salesperson or the star ad designer now becomes the manager of other programmers, of other salespeople, of other ad designers. But do they have those skills? Do they have what it takes to be a manager? Just because they excel in one skill set does not mean that they will automatically excel in a far different skill set. And what we find is that many organizations don't account for that. They're looking at the skills of a particular industry, of a department, and not necessarily, is this person really good at managing other people. The manager's job is to oversee and inspire the other people in his or her department. If the manager has other job duties, like say, project management, or writing reports, or running data, that may be part of his job duties but the majority of his job duties as a manager should be managing other people. And here's why this is important. 75% of the causes of employee turnover are preventable. A Gallup poll of more than a million employed U.S. workers discovered that the number one reason that people quit their jobs is because of a bad boss or a bad immediate supervisor. And those 75% of workers who voluntarily left their jobs did so because of their bosses and not the position itself. When you work in an organization, you're working with people and for people. Yes, the mission may guide you, the mission of the organization may guide you, but it's the people you're interacting with day after day after day. And so... You're working for a person, or if you're the manager, people are working for you. How is that dynamic going? 
So it's interesting that when a company promotes someone from the excellent job they're doing in their highly skilled role to a managerial position, which is more than likely far different from the position they held before, sometimes they are left to struggle, sink or swim. And it's not necessarily the organization's fault. It's that's how they've always done it. That's what they've seen. Somebody's a really great programmer. Great. Let that person become the manager of other programmers. That's the way it's always been done. That's the model. As opposed to creating some way for people who excel in their roles, in these technical roles, or these highly skilled roles, like say sales, to then be able to move up, whatever that looks like. That it doesn't just have to be into management and leadership. Unless, of course, the person wants that. So just because the very next logical promotion is one into management doesn't make that a good move for either the individual or for the organization. So first, we need to redefine and restructure how people can move up within an organization. If they're not suited to be management, but yet that's the only way that they can advance in their career, that doesn't leave much choice, does it? That's how you get bad managers. Because that person should advance because they're so highly skilled, highly productive, but the only way is in this one track called management. Let's first talk about that particular scenario that there's someone who's highly skilled producer, but shouldn't go into management. In our society and world where innovations are being made just about every second, and our world looks far different now than it did 20, 30, 40 years ago, much less 100 or 200 years ago, we smart people should be able to redefine how the high-producing individuals can advance in their careers without having to go into management. I don't know the exact answer. It's probably going to differ from organization to organization. What works for a nonprofit agency may not work for a law firm, may not work for the school system, may not work for the banking industry, and so on and so on. I think it also begins with a conversation. What does the individual want? Hey, Frank, you are a superb programmer. Where do you see yourself in five years? Frank might be very happy just continuing to program. He might actually want to add more skills to his already pretty shiny, robust toolkit. Maybe he wants to learn a different programming language, or perhaps he wants to do an exchange program in another technology company. Instead of assuming that Frank wants to advance, and of course he wants to advance into management, have that conversation with Frank. 
he, like so many, may think that, yes, the only way to advance is to become a manager. But if the organization is open to doing it differently, being innovative, creating something brand new that hasn't been seen before, and now there are more possibilities, or there's the possibility of possibility, then everybody can start collaborating and co-creating to find a solution that works for all. Now let's look at the scenario where the highly skilled producer actually does want to go into management. So let's say Sally is a fantastic salesperson bringing in revenues for the organization in the six, seven, eight figures. So you have a conversation with Sally to see what her goals are. What does she want to do? How does she want to advance? Does she want to advance? Maybe she's happy making commission on six, seven, and eight figure deals. But let's say Sally says, you know, I really like people and I really think I have something to contribute. Can I go into management? And then that possibility is now open for Sally. But Sally doesn't have any management skills. Sure, she has a few things she's picked up along the way, how to communicate well, how to influence others, that kind of thing. But that's not necessarily management skills. So how does she learn? In some organizations where there isn't that philosophy of let's train our people to be good managers and here's how we do it. We either have our own management training program, we have a mentorship program, or we send them outside the organization to an external training program or an external support program. It just may not occur to them that such a thing should be in place. And so sometimes individuals take it upon themselves. They may pay for a coach out of their own pockets. They may read lots of books. They may go to classes on their own time and dime. That's great. That shows a lot of initiative, a lot of self-start. Fantastic in a manager and in a leader, but not everybody thinks that way or has those resources to do that. And they shouldn't be punished and penalized because they don't have those resources or their brain doesn't think that way. They're not maybe strategically oriented. And if you say, well, that's a requirement for being a manager, actually, that's good that you have identified that. Then you know who should be picked as a manager and who should not. So let's say your organization is one that has adopted and embraced that philosophy that we should support our managers and our leaders, as well as all of our people, but specifically, we support our managers with manager training programs. So what does that look like? What kinds of things do you teach someone so that that person can be a good manager? First, they really have to understand the people in their departments and in their organization. As I said before, at the core, people work for other people, not the organization. So in order to effectively lead others, 
managers must understand their direct reports, the people in their departments. What are their personalities, their roles? How are they inspired and motivated? Because not all people are created equal when it comes to what they value, what's important, how they're inspired, how they're motivated, how they even create and do their roles. They also need to look for, is this the right person in the right seat? Right person means they're a fit for the organization as far as core values and the deeper why. The right seat means that person is well-suited to that particular role because of his or her skills, which is, of course, what we've been talking about as far as the whole manager's thing, right? We're saying it might be the right person, is it the right seat? Well, a manager also needs to look at that for their own direct reports and their own staff. They also need to be leaders. Now, being a manager isn't always being a leader and vice versa, but a better a leader a manager is than the better a manager that person will be. Because great leaders empower others, they utilize and maximize their strengths, and they lead their tribe to fulfill the goals and mission of the company. And as part of that, they need to know who do they have? What do they need? They want the best team, the best department, the best staff that they can possibly put together. So are there holes? Do they need to hire? Do they need to inspire their staff to develop those skills? And then of course, how do you engage with the people in your department, on your team? It's crucial to really be able to engage your staff because if you don't have employees who are actively and highly engaged with your organization, then you'll eventually have high turnover. And it goes right back to 75% of the causes of employee turnover are preventable. And then one of the other areas that we believe that managers should work on is customer service both internal and external. So internal is how do you serve the employees who report directly to you? And external is of course, how do you serve your customers and clients and donors and the like? I wonder if this has caused you to think about management at your organization a little differently. Is there a training program? Should there be one? Is everyone suited to be a manager? Does everybody even want to, even if they want to advance? These questions are ones that should be answered. And if we here at the Schuler Group can help you answer them, please visit us at www.theshulergroupllc.com and sign up for a free consultation and we'll happily talk to you about how you can make your company thrive. Until next time, may you thrive.